Well, we're glad to have uh, Hugh Halter with us today. Hugh is a church planter, a uh, pastor, an instigator, a street fighter, an author, and a good friend. And uh, he's been uh, instrumental in kind of leading the missional community conversation here in the United States. And uh, Hugh, we're glad to have you with us today. Well, man, um, let's just jump right in. And, um, you know, we've, as we're gearing up for the conference in April, really the main theme, as you know, is centered around missional communities. You know, one of the questions that we've been getting, and I know you've gotten this question a lot, is what is a missional community? So, in your words, how would you define a missional community? You know, I mean, you preface it to say that um, I tend to view everything through kind of a church planter lens. So, you know, even from our first church plan, Portland, to the second one here in Denver, when I would, you know, recruit people even to the church plant scenario, I would say this is your basic framework for how a Christian lives on mission. So um, I know a lot of people are trying to figure out how to transition, but for us, it was just, it was, it's the story of the early faith communities. And so if you just look at the book of Acts, you just see a real intentionality and togetherness of people. And they're intentionally, you know, living day by day together to carry out the mission of the gospel or the kingdom in that place where they're at. So that's kind of a long answer, but um, I just think it's an intentional web of relationships that are committed to live the life of the kingdom in front of the world. So that, I guess there's, there's my definition. Yeah, that's good. And, and I know, especially in your writings and when you're speaking, you tend to use the phrase incarnational community. Can you tell us a little bit why you prefer to use incarnational community, maybe even versus missional community? What does that communicate yeah. to you? Yeah, it helps me to be able to coach it because, uh, I mean, the missional word obviously can mean a lot of different things, and especially from those within the existing non-missional church that's really been there for a long time. Uh, when you say missional, it just means like an outreach type of thing. So, um, where I would say missional is the sending part of what we do. So missional is going, incarnational is how we go or what we do as we go. It's more of a almost like a qualitative essence of what that that missional community does. Um, and so you know, incarnational obviously is from the life of Christ. So we might say, for example, uh, Christ incarnated for thirty years. Know, lived in the neighborhood without saying anything. So incarnational might mean patience. Uh, it means to actually live amongst people. Um, you might look at the posture of Jesus, uh, his ability to be liked by you know religious people and non-religious people. We'd say that's an incarnational quality. So if you're going to have an incarnational community, it's really taking on the qualities and the characteristics of Christ in that missional community. So, so in other words, if you were missional, or you were in a missional community, but you weren't incarnational, you would be like the very worst bad dream you could ever imagine. It's, it's the how you feel when the Mormons knock on the door. They're missional. They were sent to you, but you're not excited to see them. So that's what missional might be without incarnational. Yeah, that's good. Um, especially the part about Mormons knocking on your door. Yeah, I know. We know what that feels like, don't we? <laughs> Even the Girl Scout cookie, I feel terrible because I, you know, I don't know if I want want the cookie. Well, I do want the cookie. I just don't know if I want to pay for it. <laughs> you know the Thin Mints, man. I I will uh, oh. 
I, 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 I give up. Yeah, I give up any notoriety or success I've had in the world just for a rack of Thin Mints. For sure. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd like a Thin Mint dispenser for next Christmas. That would be a awesome. Frosty glass of milk. Anyway. Perfect. Well, man, um, you know that that definition of kind of incarnational community, where we talk about missional community in in terms of the incarnation living out the gospel. What makes that different from, say, a small group or uh, or a Bible study? Yeah, it's probably a lot of differences. Um, number one, I think we just have to recognize that a small, a typical small group or Bible study is really um, what it sounds like. It's they're trying to learn the Bible, so you might call it more of a teaching community or a learning community. But it's it's not generally bent on living the way of Christ. It's more about learning the way of Christ. So, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think have to learn, you know, some some scripture and some understanding first, but an incarnational community would actually be people that go, okay, we, we know, we've learned, and now we actually want to live what we've learned. So it might be, uh, you know, difference between knowing and doing. The incarnational missional community actually does the way of Jesus in their neighborhood. The other thing that you might pick up, um, just because of the, the sort of how we all drive, 30 minutes to see relationships that we're a part of. Oftentimes, a Bible study, um, you're literally not in proximity with those people. And so, again, you, you can enjoy fellowship, and you can enjoy getting loved on, and you can have wisdom that you share with each other about life. But um, an incarnational community is going to be more people that you can live some spontaneous life with. Uh, proximity becomes uh, fairly critical. Um, so that you can interact with friends and neighbors um, and that type of thing. So I'd say that's that's the primary difference. Would you would you give us an example of of where you've seen that difference play out, or or maybe a a quick story of an incarnational community that you've seen live out the gospel together? Well, sure. Um, I mean, in some ways, that was kind of our story. So people can read about that. But you know, when we showed up in in Denver. Um, we had no idea that God was going to start a church. In fact, I think that's probably what's weird about our story is we were trying not to be pastors again. Um, I was pretty tired from the first church plant. Um, but we did grab uh, two other couples, and we lived uh, you know, within a couple miles of each other. And uh, one of the other couples just lived in one street uh, beyond us. And we basically said, hey, let's, let's try and make 50 friends in our neighborhood. And we really did kind of circle a neighborhood. We went, let's, let's get them out of here. And so we just started to live aspects of the kingdom. And essentially, you know, eventually, probably nine months in, the house was, you know, 35, 40 people every Saturday night. Um, if we threw a party, there'd be 75 people. And so we became kind of a known uh, home in that, in that neighborhood. People kind of knew the Halter house was always going to be open. There was always activity if there was a block party, we were the ones running it. Um, so we almost became like the social directors of the neighborhood. Um, so that, you know, that's kind of our story. Um, we're hearing stories, obviously, all over the world now. Um, in fact, I just got an email from a uh, group, uh, Armed Force Service, over in Germany that was using uh, the TK Primer and actually formed community within their own you know, U.S. Armed Forces Service, because many of those folks were not Christians. They started to do groups within their little camp, and they became, you know, the, the 
Grand Central Station of the camp. So that's the idea is wherever you're at, you actually become, you know, after 12, 18 months, you become the place where everybody knows. Yeah, that's good, man. What are some of the main struggles that you've seen, uh, not just from you, but from others as, as they've engaged in incarnational missional communities? First thing we always recognize, there seems to be a theological struggle with this. And we're not sure why, because it seems like if there's anything that's clear in scriptures, that we ought to be on missional, incarnational mission, you know, for God. But for whatever reason, I think what we've picked up on over the last 50, 60 years in evangelical church is that to actually engage the world is actually the same as being unholy, or to be really holy or to be really spiritual means that you don't really interact with the world. So that seems like it's a theological blindness that exists, you know, systemically. And so oftentimes when we start to, you know, people like the idea of being in a community. They like the idea of having other Christian friends that are serious about lost people. They like that. But as soon as you say, okay, Saturday night, throw a party, for whatever reason, we've just seen incredible pushback. And when we say, okay, why? Why are you struggling right there? They go, well, we don't know if we should actually do a party. And so we've had to theologically help people through that. Once we give them permission Theologically, they go, oh, okay, so Jesus did this, so I can therefore do that. So, number one, theological um, barrier to that. Secondly is, uh, you know, what we kind of outlined in the tangible kingdom, there are, there are barriers to kingdom life. One is individualism, uh, one is materialism, and one is consumerism. So, you know, individualism is just what we pick up on in the West, that we want to control our own social environments. And our Christian faith is actually an Eastern faith. So the reason why incarnational community works in the Bible or why it works in China or places where we've seen incredible movement of the Spirit is generally in more Eastern-oriented cultures. So they're used to hanging out together, living life together, sharing stuff. And we in America, we are not that way. So it actually, you know, the sad part is that biblical Eastern way of doing our Christian faith actually goes against our paradigm of life in the States. So um, it's not just going to happen. Um, materialism, obviously, is a key hindrance. Uh, many, you know, even practically in our church in Denver, uh, the main reason why some of our couples have not been able to engage is because they got so buried in debt, uh, they literally are tied in a square knot. They can't even afford to buy a bag of potatoes for their neighbors. And so we see the materialism issue hit, and then the consumerism is basically, I want Jesus for me first. I go to church for me. Uh, everything's really for me, as opposed to that biblical understanding is that, no, I'm actually here for Jesus now. So I, I think that the primary barriers are the flesh. Um, Galatians says that the spirit and the flesh fight against each other. So oftentimes I'll tell pastors, even though it makes sense on paper and philosophically your people watch a video on missional community and go, oh, we want to do that, they will not want to do it, really, when it comes to Monday, and you say, okay, it's not about you anymore. So I don't, I don't know if that's encouraging or, or discouraging, but really, it's, it's us. We're the barrier. Uh, we don't, I don't know if we really want the, the real life of Jesus. Um, and yet, I know that people, when they push through that, then they really experience Jesus, and they come alive. So... Um, I, I tend to tell people to try to really push through those isms, if you will. And maybe at a, at a church level, Stu, where we see the difference between churches that succeed at this and churches that don't, it's the ones that kind of, they, 
they want to do it, but they're not really committed to it. So they, they, they do it kind of as a try. Uh, let's try this. Let's see if this grows our church. And at the, you know, the essence of missional Christianity, you, you live this way because it's the right way to live. You don't do it to try to build something. Because at the end of the day, everything good of the Spirit, right? It's a fight. Yeah. Um, and so it's not just going to take in four months. This is a way of life that you have to reteach your people how to live. And I say it's a dogfight all the way through. You know? And so the churches that say, well, yeah, we want to try something real quick, see if we can get a quick bump in attendance, uh, we tend to see them really struggle uh, versus the churches that go, no, this is the way of Jesus. So this is essentially, this is discipleship for us. And this is this is disciple making, so we're never going to stop doing this. Yeah, no matter what. Uh, tell us a little bit about Missio and what's got you excited about what's going on with Missio. Well, probably, you know, honestly, because of um, the missional community conversation that you guys helped really put at a national level, um, even through Austin Stone, but the Verge Network and Exponential, you can tell the the, the center conversation going on is about missional community. Um, and so I'm excited because Missio decided to just throw in with that. Um, that's been sort of our story and what we've been training, but now there's just a lot more people that are in that conversation. And uh, so probably if Missio is focusing on anything in the future, it's just to help churches uh, resource this way of life into their people. So a lot of work, you know, I'd say probably 75% of our work is helping people do incarnational community through that TK Primer thing. And, um, and that's keeping us pretty busy right now. Tangible Kingdom Primer is what you're what you're referring to when you mentioned TK Primer. Yep. And that came out of uh, the Tangible Kingdom book, correct? Yeah, it mostly was. Uh, you know, that book was almost written for church planters to kind of show a story of how a church can happen naturally. But the groundswell of interest was from the existing church that said, "Is there a way that we could do that way of life as well?" And so the primer was just born out of trying to create a resource to help the existing church and existing evangelicals refine kind of the missional way of life. It's good stuff, Hugh. Man, it's always good to talk to you. Thanks for uh, taking the time today to, to do a short interview. And, um, man, we look forward to hearing from you at the conference in April and always appreciate the work you do and the resources you put out. and. Man, we're excited about uh, what Missio is doing and what, what you guys are doing to continue to further the conversation of missional communities. Can't wait to see you guys as well. Yeah, appreciate the time, Stu.